Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Why Cartwright. This is a podcast where we like to talk about all things education. My name is Brock Higley, the Multimedia Communications Coordinator of the Cartwright School District in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm alongside our esteemed superintendent, Dr. Leanne Aguilar-Lawler, our public relations executive director, Mr. Victor Hugo Rodriguez, and for the first time, we are so pleased to welcome our special guest, the Administrator of Families of Unique Populations, Social Sciences, and Civic Engagement, Mix Andrea Barrera. How are you all doing today? We're doing great. Thank you for being here. Okay. So I wanted to start this episode off asking each of you, what were you doing on 9-11? And that will kind of help to bridge into what we're talking about today. Um, I'll start. I, I was thinking about this podcast, and I think that anybody who is old enough remembers exactly what they were doing um, 9-11. I was a young mother, assistant principal, and my mother used to care for my, at the time, my one-year-old son and my two-year-old daughter. And uh, it was right before, it was several, you know, it was a couple hours before school started, and I had to make the decision, you know, at the time, not knowing what was happening. We, we were being attacked and we didn't know how far out um, throughout the country this was going to happen. And so um, my husband's a firefighter, um, ironically, uh, first responder, and he was at work. And so I, I said, I, I have to get to work. I have to figure out, I mean, there's gonna be a lot of scared uh, scholars in their family. So I, I had to get to work. So my mom stayed with the kiddos and I went to work and um, put on my assistant principal hat and um, as as it turned out I was the only administrator who actually made it to the school that day for various obvious reasons and so um, that that's where I was um, during that really horrific day it, it was a very scary day uh, I graduated from college May 2001 and I was already working in the news department in LA I was working for the Telemundo station in LA and uh, the night before, I worked overnight, I, and I remember leaving work at 3, I got home at 4, I was still living at home, and I remember my mom waking me up, I was like, hey, there's like something going on, I was like, you know, a, a build, a airplane crash into a building, and uh, we live very close to downtown LA, so I remember like looking through the window, I thought it was, it was happening in LA, and then I turned on the TV and I was able to see all of that. Uh, uh, so we were instructed to go back to the newsroom, and I remember driving through L.A., trying to get to Glendale, California. Uh, it was a cloudy day. Uh, you would hardly see any cars on the street. Uh, we were all panicking, thinking that, you know, we, L.A. was going to be next. Uh, so we just didn't know what to expect. It was very scary, and then as the story developed, you know, we were finding out how many people actually died, you know, in the line of duty, and... Uh, and all the families who, who had, who pick up the phone and try to say goodbye to their loved ones. So it it, it was very heartbreaking just to kind of get all the this, uh, the stories and reaching out to the reporters in New York, uh, working with them, reaching out to families. So uh, I remember everything that happened. So when I took my daughter uh, last year to New York. Uh, I was able to put all the pieces together. And, and I also had the opportunity to be in New York even before 9-11. So I was able to see the, um, the towers. Uh, I was able to walk around. So it, it was a very scary moment. And I think this is a date that we should never forget.
Yeah, you were in L.A. I was in Phoenix. Um, where were you, Andrea? I was in L.A. too. I was right. at my grandmother's house in the San Fernando Valley. I remember I was 17. I woke up like at 3 in the morning that day, and I couldn't go back to sleep. And I went, I remember my grandmother's living room. She had an ornate carpet and just very fancy furniture, but it had dog hair all over it. And I would sit on... Um, on those fancy couches with the dogs. And I remember just turning on the news and I'd been watching something like Nick at night or something just to keep me occupied until the sun came out. And I remember that the news came on and I was watching in disbelief at that time, the plane, the first plane hadn't hit the tower yet. Um, And I saw live the plane hit the tower and I thought it was a movie. And I thought this can't be right. This is, maybe like War of the Worlds, right? This can't be real. And I start kind of clicking through the channels and the validation starts to set in because um, all of the channels had on newscasts, emergency news broadcasts, that the first tower had been hit. And I watched with disbel- in disbelief and went and woke up my grandmother and said, you have to come see this. And her and I were in shock and terror and horror And all we could do was hold each other and be there together. And then I remember the time came where I had to make a decision. Am I going to go to school today or not? And I said, yes, I have to go to school because I have to be with my friends and I have to be with my people. My grandmother didn't really want me to go, but I went anyway. And I remember, and it was at that time, you know, we had those big box TVs and we roll them around on a cart and every classroom had one in the classroom and we were tuned onto the news all day. And it just felt so uh, surreal and so heavy. Um, Classmates who had family members who lived in New York, who were uh, very worried about them, who had to be taken care of, who had to go home. And the rest of us just feeling this in disbelief and shock that we were living this reality. That was 9-11-2001 for me. Yeah, okay. Well, um, so that kind of helps to enunciate what we're going to be talking about today. So, Do, do you remember what you were doing, Brian? Um, I was four years old, so um, I think I, was, I went to a um, private Catholic elementary school in New Hampshire where I grew up. And I think what four years old, I think I was maybe, was that first grade or preschool oh wow yeah okay so I don't obviously I don't have a distinct memory of it necessarily but um I do remember from speaking with with my parents and whatnot um just like the the brevity of that moment and how um significant it was to really everyone in 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 the nation and and not just people that lived in New York City but people in LA and in Phoenix and Minnesota wherever It, it Throughout the world, even yeah, I mean it it, it. it shook the the homes of of so many families and, and and people, and yeah, I mean. So, this episode we're going to be talking about kind of how we tackle uh, curriculum, nine eleven curriculum, and that's why uh, Mix Barrera is here because she's kind of the expert when it comes to that. So, in this episode, oh yeah, so. 
from what I understand, she's helped to kind of develop the 9-11 curriculum for all of our grade levels. So just for some context for the listeners that don't know, in uh, May of 2022, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey signed House Bill 2325, which made it mandatory for schools to teach students about the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks. Uh, We actually joined 14 other states. It also requires schools to dedicate a portion of the day to observe 9-11 Education Day. As I said, we joined 14 other states that require students to be taught about the tragedy. And uh, since then, Cartwright and Nix Barrera has worked hard on developing a curriculum catered for each grade level. Because, as as I'm sure you can imagine as the listener, we're not going to teach 9-11 to first graders like we're going to teach it to eighth graders. I'm sure there's some similarities, but it's probably not the same. Um, So... Uh, it's important to see what this curriculum looks like in all grade levels. As we progress with this episode, we'll hear from uh, two teachers and uh, Mix Bedetta herself on how they tackle 9-11 education in the classroom and why we must teach about the attack. So we'll start with the testimonials. Um, so we'll start with a second grade teacher, uh, Johanna Combs from Heatherbray Elementary School. And I spoke with her and asked her how she tackles the 9-11 topic in the second grade classroom. And this is what she said. Well, what's really nice is with one of our curriculums, actually both our social studies and science, we go into um, government and the government at work and firefighters and life-saving personnel. And luckily it's right around the time of 9-11. So our students have some backgrounds of what it means to be a hero. And, um, and so around 9-11, we have to- of course talk about that tragic, tragic day. But then we talk about the helpers, very much, um, you know, Mr. Rogers. We talk about the people who came to help. And we connect that back to how our government works and how people responded and those first responders. And we end up writing a note to first responders or a letter. So what do we we think about that kind of... I like how she has her kids write the letter and things like that. Absolutely. I was thinking about the letter. What a a thoughtful idea to be able to write a letter and and to understand how you know our first responders our firefighters um, they don't see themselves as heroes our police and fire they don't they don't see that but the word helpers yes you know they're to help and support each other Um, I think that's really really important that we um, continue and we do and you know this is a different episode we've talked about we do take all of our second graders um, to the fire um, the Hall of Flames Museum Museum, and they do learn about fire safety and and the importance of, um, uh, of safety. So yeah, was that part of the curriculum that you helped create um, for second graders, Mix, um, Mix Andrea? Well, actually, that was not. We included a lot of narratives and stories in the K through two uh, materials. But I'm super impressed with what uh, Miss Combs is doing over at Heather Bray because um, 9/11 did change our emergency management system. That was one of the big impacts of that. And so when we're focused, we're talking about our focus on STEM and STEAM and how our students can be plugged into these um, careers. What she's doing is really opening up how they themselves can be a part of the solution. Um, and part of emergency management. And going back to this theme of heroes and villains, that really is um, what what 9-11, what we talk about, right, with regards to 9-11. And something that connects to our social-emotional learning is that um, heroes and villains have one thing in common, as the way that is pain and the way that we process pain. Um, The difference between a hero and a villain is that a, 
a villain may experience pain and want other people to experience that pain, where a hero experiences pain and never wants anyone to experience that ever again. And so that's a choice that we can make, right? When we look at what happened that day um, and how we deal with pain. So I think that what she's doing is just so amazing. And these are, I do see them as heroes and, and they also, you know, once they explore these kind of careers, uh, I'm sure a lot of our scholars, you know, are going to grow up to be able to help the community and maybe take on uh, some of these jobs. Uh, and another thing that we also need to understand is that the firefighters, uh, police officers, they have families. Uh, so they leave their homes every day and not knowing if they're going to go back. Uh, you know, just responding on, on, on different things that are happening in our community. And all of us can be part of the solution. And, uh, and, and our scholars can also grow up to be those heroes and that, that are going to make a difference in, in our community. Yeah, great. So I asked uh, Ms. Combs another question afterwards, and she talks about kind of how she's the same age as their parents, as, as the, their parents, meaning her uh, children's parents, <laughs> her scholars' parents. <laughs> and uh, she remembers it, but they don't. So she kind of needs to tackle how to, just like any historical event, she needs to kind of put it in the perspective of those who were there for, for within that moment. So this is Combs on that. Um, at this point with these kids, I'm the same age as their parents, and I was in sixth or seventh grade when it happened. So I have a memory of it. And I think about, like, my mom has a memory of the JFK assassination, and she was alive during polio. So she has that firsthand experience that I'll never have of those events. And the same is true now for the kids in front of me, where they don't have the firsthand experience, but their parents lived through it and had experiences. I did. And it's it's a reminder that it's not actually that distant of a past. Um, we look at all the things that have happened and to them it's really novel. But when we can take it back and it's like, this isn't the first time this happened or it isn't the first time this happened and really build that understanding as well as just the idea that tragedy happens. Um, it was a horrible event and that it affected everywhere not just one place and we can tie that into other major events that affected the world like Krakatoa <laughs> it impacted the world not just your small small section of it and so being able to tie those things together I think is important at any age they don't need to know some of the more political aspects of it of course but all these kids what I found is they have very compassionate hearts so they empathize they understand loss. They understand um, that feeling of helplessness. And encouraging them to look for the helpers um, helps them recognize in their own worlds, like, I can be that helper. I can be this. I could be that person who shows up for someone, even if it's small. So, Ms. Combs, if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to know that um, everybody was smiling and feeling such pride in you, I mean, Brock over here just was very excited about the interview and how it made him feel. You can just tell by his face. Um, but I will say that for all of you listening, um, this is the reason why you want to send your scholars to the Cartwright School District. This is the kind of teachers that your children will be in front of every day. And for that, I'm really proud.
I gotta I have to echo that sentiment. I my face hurts from smiling. I'm just so impressed, Miss Combs, with your emotional intelligence and your ability to really think in broad strokes of how we're shaping our scholars to be um, engaged our and informed definitely bright for citizens. Sure. <laughs> it sure is. It really, it really is. And so I, I got to echo that. You know, we're giving them opportunities to be the best um, that they can be. And uh, she also brought to me a lot of memories of this horrible event because uh, that event changed everything. I, I still, even at the airport, I, I still remember when we didn't have to go through TSA. Uh, you know, you would actually walk. And your those of us that remember, do not get upset to have to go through. We just, we just, and those that don't understand, get upset. I mean, we're. I just feel like this is what we need to do now to, to keep each other safe. Yes, that's uh, and that's how we were able to take it. Those of us who were alive when this happened, so we were able to compromise. You know, going through all of that just to ensure that you know our our safety. Uh, in and before we were able to if, take, you know, walk our loved ones to the gate and wait for them to actually get on the plane. And of course, all of that changed, uh, you know, at the airport uh, and, and the way we do a lot of things, even crossing the border, going in and out. Uh, those of us who live close to the border at one point. Uh, so a lot of things changed. And uh, that was more of, the, more of the cost and effect of this horrible uh, event. And... And, and, and I'm sure, you know, I'm glad the, the art teacher is able to explain to them that there were that a lot of things changed and, uh, and because of 9-11. Okay, great. So uh, up next, we have uh, one of our specialty teachers from uh, Glenel Downs Social Sciences Academy, Mr. Eric Alvarez. And uh, he was asked, so he kind of works in tandem with other teachers as well in, in providing resources and whatnot for 9-11 education. Um, so I thought he'd be a good person to uh, question about it. So uh, he asked, he was asked how he works to help educate our youth on 9-11, and this was his response. Yeah, the way I'm trying to help um, um, get instruction for 9-11 across is really just helping teachers, um, sharing resources with them. Um, you know, like I'll send out something, here's, here's some resources for this grade level band, here's some resources for this grade level band. If teachers ask, you know, for more, um, I'll help them out with more. Um, last year we had a few students that we had interviewed and then those those are put into a video that we asked you know all teachers to take a look at and that was helpful. We have um, teachers in here um, on campus who have served in the military so their perspective is important um, sharing those perspectives. We have parents who you know and, and when I talk about being in the military a lot of that is post 9-11 so you understand that they they start off with whatever they were doing, 9-11 happens, and then they're serving the country after that, you know, kind of follows, um, their, their career path kind of followed what was happening in the world, so directly linked to 9-11. It's kind of what you were saying, um, Victor, regarding cause-effect, you know, what happened after, you know, you know when, once we, as we were rebuilding, what were we doing after to a whole nother history lesson but we won't get into that but yeah there were a lot of cause and effect and uh he he also brought up a really good point because last year i was able to interview some some students you know from downs and i and we came across one of the teachers who actually was in the was in the military when this happened so i can really not imagine you know 
what he was going through. It was just heartbreaking to hear his story and everything that he had to go through during those times. So we have a lot of uh, people who who were actually serving in the military and now they're teaching and and trying to... Mm-hmm. And one thing that's really impressive about this is just interviewing students and teachers who have served or have been impacted. Um, it really helps to solidify the point that stories are germane to our understanding of the human experience, right? So we're collecting these um, these testimonies from people and we want students to really think about well why does this relate to me and how and this is a part of kind of combating some of that apathy that might set in about the past um why do we keep these stories alive well why is social science instruction so important starting in kindergarten exactly absolutely and this kind of curriculum also helps uh the the scholar to be able to connect with the parents uh, because I also talked to one of the students and uh, he used this as an opportunity to engage in, 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 uh, in a communication with, uh, with the mother. And he found out that the mom actually also served, you know, in the military th- during that time. So he was able to hear a, a whole different story. Really? Mm, yeah. So, so that's, uh, he was very knowledgeable. He was sharing a lot of the stories that, that you know, he was, that the mom was able to share with him. And I mean, that just goes to show, right, that you um, learn something at school, you go home, you're starting to unpack and uncover and and really see how these connect, how these stories are connected yeah, to you. And just the whole idea regarding um, not just the cause and effect that you get from studying our history, you know, the, the tragedies that happen, you know, what, what do we learn from our past so we don't make the same mistakes, um, problem solving, critical thinking. Um, vocabulary. I mean, the, the vocabulary that you learn through social studies, social science instruction is is essential to learning. And uh, like you know, Andrea said, is just you know you know becoming um, you know a a citizen that you can be a part of everything. You know, all the solutions that need that we need, and we need our young. Our young scholars are, are our future, and we need them to be informed. We need them to be ready to make the decisions that we're all trying to make as adults right now. They're, they're the ones that are going to take over. And that kind of includes you too still, Brock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, really, really great stuff. Um, so, Mix Beretta, if you would... Um, I have two questions for you. So the first one is, why is it important to have this kind of curriculum at our schools? I think we kind of already touched on that, so we may even be able to jump to the next one. But how, how does the approach vary from grade to grade? So I know you talked K through 2 is kind of one section, and then et cetera, et cetera. Does it, how, does it look way different? or? How? Yeah, thank you for those questions, mm-hmm. Brock. So um, it, it, we did touch on it, but I, I think it... it bears repeating that not only is this um, mandated, right, by the state that we teach 9-11, that we teach about 9-11 on 9-11 Education Day and that we remember the fallen victims, um, but also it's about the resilience of the American people. And that story we cannot, um, we cannot repeat enough, right? Because when you think about the people um, that you share a country with and their resilience, it helps you find the resilience within yourself. And that's what we want for all of our scholars, right? Going back to 9-11 Education Day, um, 
and, and the resources that we compiled. So we vetted and curated and put together this resource list for our teachers by, by grade level band. Um, so in, in we have K2, 3, 5, and, and grades 6 through 8. And we separate those by grade level band. It's pretty standard, right? But those skills and those um, social studies, con- the content is pretty similar. And in grades K to 2, we're really focusing on communities and building communities and how people come together and helpers and how we support each other. And so a lot of the stories that you would see here, for example, 14 Cows for America, that's a beautiful story of the Maasai people in Kenya who blessed 14 cows and gave them to us. They didn't ship them over here, but they gave them to us and have been tending to those 14 cows. And today, those cows have proliferated and there are 36 cows now and they're blessed cows for us. And it shows us how we can heal. Um, Branches of Hope, such a beautiful story of the survivor tree at Ground Zero that was found underneath the rubble, um, which was taken to a Brooklyn nursery, was then rooted and uh, rehabilitated, and that tree was moved back to the uh, the Ground Zero memorial site. Branches, pieces of those branches have been uh, removed from the tree, proliferated into smaller trees and sent to other places in America that have experienced trauma, such as Parkland, right? Uh, Florida, places where people need the healing of this tree. These are stories that we want our young scholars to really understand, right? Um, In grades three to five, we start now looking at a little bit more about our responsibility to the polity and to the community. And so there we start looking at activities, we're listening to oral histories, we're really focusing on those listening skills, on those decoding skills, not just from reading, but from watching, from listening. So we want to present our scholars with many forms of media to engage with so that they can practice those skills of discerning what information is important, discerning what evidence from the text or the media that you're getting from really support that. And this is helping to develop those critical thinking skills that are essential to um, a democratic society. And um, they have lots of great details here. We've got uh, resources from the September 11th Memorial and Museum, um, oral histories, we've got images. And at this point, we can start really just analyzing images, analyzing some of the things that show what really happened on that day and um, helping our scholars generate some more inquiry and some more curiosity around 9-11 and its impact. And when we get to sixth to eighth grade, we start to look at um, now what were the the effects of this, right, globally, and what what are the words that we use to refer to this day? Um, How does that impact the way that we think about it? How does it impact the way we think about groups of people? What does nonviolence look like? Right? If that's if that's violent, what does nonviolence look like? What is our responsibility then to prevent this from happening again? And we really want to integrate those global perspectives um, all along the way. And there's a great link in the educator resources down here. There's an un- on-demand webinar, the underrepresented voices of 9/11. And there are people um, who were first responders who were there on the ground. Uh, you have black women. You have um, people who identify as American Muslims. Right. And these are all part of the American story. They are American. We're all American. This is a part of really centering those voices. And it really is so beautiful. You'll get so many um, background knowledge and a lot of background stories uh, that teachers can use to impart this amazing 
um, curriculum to our scholars in a way that will really help bring meaning to the day. Um, we have to keep it alive. We have to always remember. And so 9-11 is really important. And I wanted to add too that last year, I actually taught a lesson in an eighth grade classroom on 9-11. I was modeling for a teacher. And, uh, you know, this law just passed last year. So asked eighth graders, what do you know about 9-11? And I would say out of the 27 students in the room, there were probably about three who knew anything about it, and the rest just hadn't heard. Um, so that's our responsibility, Our right? responsibility, for sure. That's our responsibility, and they were so excited to learn about this day. They couldn't wait to go home and ask their parents about it, and that's what we want to do here, right, is really awaken that curiosity about our history, and then they can go and ask their own questions and become experts in their own way. You know, um, Andrea, thank you again for sharing and, and, and bringing this to the forefront to our community and um, for those that are listening to the podcast. But you did bring up the word, um, our, uh, this event, you know, brought resiliency to the whole country. It brought us together, the country. We, we are very proud um, when we are able to get behind um, something all together in such a beautiful manner. And I will never forget that feeling. It's a, it's a beautiful feeling, and I hope that someday soon we can all get to that place again where we're all together no matter what our differences of opinion are no matter what we feel that we together understand that we're in this together and that we do it positively um, one thing i'm really proud of is that um uh, one of the things i was able to do when i first became a superintendent is we started a very uh, formal 9-11 remembrance ceremony that will be um, happening in our district on 9-11 and our um, PR department, Victor Brock, and, and the rest of the department, they work to, um, to ensure that we um, honor our local first responders as we honor and remember 9-11. Um, and um, I remember, um, Victor Hugo, last year was your first one, and you organized, you, know, you helped organize it with your team. And I remember you sharing some thoughts with me. Do you want to share your thoughts about that, that day? Because you were... You were sort of um, taken aback. There were so many things that were really going through through my mind, you know, during that process. Uh, I, I thought it was, like, very nice that we were doing this. And and uh, during that process, I remember reaching out to the different districts. I, I was trying to get ideas and see what the other districts were doing. But then uh, I, I found out that it was, the, you know, Dr. Lawler, uh, you know, they decided to uh, implement this this program to honor our heroes, uh, but but during that process, I it just took me back to those years when I was already I was already working. Uh, I was able to hear stories about you know we were inter we interview uh, firefighters who survived. We interview members of the community uh, and uh, who lost their loved ones, uh, you know, in in this event. So it really, really took me back, and I again, this is really one of those uh, tragic moments that I will never forget. I think as long as I'm alive, this is something that I'll always remember. And and we're gonna keep this memory beyond us. That we want this to be something forever too. So. And I do that through like by also sharing this kind of stories with my daughter. Uh, and. And this is uh, this is great that we're doing this for the kids. And of course, being very sensitive, uh, just the way that all the news stations came together at one point, 
you know, they all agreed that they were not going to be showing those uh, those things that we don't images. need to see. Yes, yes. yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, and and I think we're putting that in practice as we develop this curriculum for mm -hmm. the for the students, just mm -hmm. being sensitive based on the uh, the age, so that they won't have to really be traumatized in you know in this process of getting an education. I wanted to go back to what you were saying, Dr. Lawler, about that feeling of unity mm -hmm. that we all experienced shortly after this event. Mm -hmm. um, it I was will, beautiful. It was beautiful. I'll never forget the flags. Remember they made those flags that would go in the door of your car mm -hmm. and everyone had them on their car. It didn't throughout matter the where you went. Country. Throughout the entire country. And, and, the, and the world too, really. They were with us. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful to experience that and mm -hmm. see that I'm getting goosebumps now. Mm -hmm. But um, there's nothing stopping us from thinking back to that time of unity and really there is nothing stopping us reiterating that being an american there may be differences but we're all one we are but we're all one and so really going on um touching on those topics of interconnectedness yep. right mm -hmm. and how that helps really orient right action and good citizenry mm -hmm. um what what are some feelings if anyone else here wants to share victor brock dr lawler would you like to share just those feelings that you had of unity and patriotism I'm just very proud uh, to be an American. I, uh, I'm an American by choice. Uh, I, you know, I'm from Mexico, migrated to the United States, but uh, that sense of unity like really gave me a lot of pride of being who I am. And it was really my choice to be in this country uh, and, to, and to become an American. And I feel very proud that everybody came together at the, you know, despite of the fact that, you know, whether you agree or not with, uh, you know, with whoever was the leader at the time, uh, uh, the leader of the country. Uh, but yeah, that sense of unity in, and at the end, uh, you the know, respect for everybody. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, I'm yeah I'm and and I'm very proud uh, to live in this country and and even though that happened, I still feel safe. Uh, I feel that we are working hard, you know, just to be able to move forward. Uh, and, and yes, we, we look back to those memories, but uh, we had been able to move forward. Yeah, I think something that amazes me about our nation is, is we, we are the most diverse nation in the world. Um, there's very little, uh, we're not a hot, What's the word? Homogeneous? Homogeneous. Homogeneous. We're not a homogeneous nation. We have uh, vast amounts of diversity of, of, of thought, of racial diversity. Even in this, in this room right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, but we're still all Americans, like uh, Mix Barrera was saying. And, and, and I think when we do talk about 9-11, it kind of does bring me back to the... It reminds me that, hey, you, even though a lot of us may have some strong disagreements we are still all under that umbrella of america we are we are one nation we we want the best for each other even though even if it may not always seem that way but mm -hmm. that's that is ultimately the goal and i hope it's the goal for for everyone every listening. american yes. exactly yeah yeah 100 percent. thank you yeah so uh unless we have anything else that we'd like to touch on i just want to first say thank you so much to uh, mix barrera you your expertise was uh very needed and <laughs> truly uh told you so great. yes absolutely <laughs> yeah no thank you dr Lawler. 
Um, and I just do want to say, I mixed better. You're you're really the quote machine. But I just I wrote one down that you said I I loved you said uh, we want to awaken their curiosity. That was oh, I I wrote that line down. I'm gonna steal that for future. But <laughs> just so you know, I I love that. That's great coming <laughs> yeah. from someone with a reporter background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so. Thanks again for listening to Why Cartwright episode 14. Just a reminder, the podcast releases on the first of the month every month, so look out for future episodes. Additionally, we will always share the new episodes on our Twitter, Cartwright SD, Facebook, Cartwright School District, hashtag 83, and Instagram, Cartwright SD 83. So follow us there for all future episodes. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye.